Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, you are absolutely in the right place if you're looking for business of design. And I'm so glad you're here. It's episode 43. and We're talking about thinking outside of the box. And I'm excited for you to meet Shauna Starkman, who is a principal designer at Shauna Starkman Design Group. It's a luxury boutique firm that specializes in residential and commercial design in New York City. But she also does amazing projects in New Jersey and in the Hamptons. And I have noticed over the years as I look at her website that her projects are luxurious, they're modern, uh, sometimes they're tranquil, but they always have an element that's unique. And so I wanted to talk to her about how is it that she's managed to bring an artisan soul to the business. And Shauna shares with us that she started her career as a set designer. So there you go. And she's worked with some big industry groups like, you know, Max Factor and L'Oreal, but also with some really cool musicians like Lenny Kravitz and David Bowie and Sean Combs and Jennifer Lopez. So a couple of martinis, I bet, and we could get some stories about those famous people another time. Uh, But what we wanted to focus on with Shauna is just how to collaborate with artists and how to do more for clients that's innovative and interesting is going to make them feel like we really got into their heads in terms of what they wanted to create. So she's going to share some of her methodology um, in how she builds a design project from the beginning to the end. And in addition, of course, to her work in the music industry, um, she also did study interior design at FIT in New York City. Um, She also studied theater and dance. So you're going to hear a little bit of her creative side as she talks about a moment in her career where she couldn't tap into her creative energy, and that was terrifying for her. And she did some things um, in terms of meditation and retreat to snap her back into her best self. And so for some of you, I already know some of you are going to go, oh my God, what a bunch of hooey. I don't believe in any of that. That's cool. Um, So as she's talking about these interesting things that she decided to explore in order to get her best self back, which I think sound awesome and I would like to try uh, some of what she suggested. As she's describing those, if that doesn't float your boat, then replace her suggestion with something that you think would really help you peel away the stress of life and get back to the basics and tap into whatever it is that makes you passionate about the job you do. For some of you, that might be um, you know, roller skating, or it might be a great Zumba class, or you know, I know for me, travel does it. Like I, When I travel, I tend to completely unplug. I always hire an architect to give me a walk tour or two or three or five, as my family will tell you. And I'll ask a million questions. What's the difference between that 17th century architecture and this 18th century architecture? Why does that building have pink and that one has gray? What is that technique called? Why did they do the rock siding on the face of that wall in that particular way? And I find that kind of knowledge juices me up. And I have to counterbalance that, of course, with yoga and um kind of the meditation that I do, which is not a strict meditation, but following yoga. And and then most importantly, gratitude. I, I think that my religion could be summed up as the practice of gratitude. So um, lots in this episode to think about and uh, whatever you're doing in this new year, we hope you're thriving and uh, we're glad you're here. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Brought to you by Business of Design, a coaching community for independent designers like you. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. I'm going to quickly check in with Cheryl before we jump into the episode. Well, we're working on High Point right now. We are almost sold out. I think we've got one hotel room left for our group. So if anyone's interested, grab that now. Um, it's it's going to come up really quick. So we're planning that now. 
That was fast. How uh, we've never done this before. We've never done a trip to High Point. We didn't anticipate selling out by you know really by the beginning of the year. So we're excited about it. We're working on the itinerary. We'll keep you guys posted on what's happening. And if you didn't get to be part of our High High Point trip, don't worry. There will be other trips. And if you're planning on being at High Point anyway, we'll make sure there are opportunities for you to come and hang out for with all of us. We'll we'll make that happen. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing a couple of social events. Um, some of the ones High Point's also organized. We'll let you know where we'll be. We'll also be doing podcasts from there. So even if uh, you aren't able to join us or make it to High Point on your own, you can still listen in and be part of the event. Okay. It's going to be a big year. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you for being here, Cheryl. Talk to you soon. And now back to the show. Shauna, it's so fun to talk to you like this. How are you? I'm fantastic, Kim. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I've made up that you and I are, are related somehow. We're distant cousins, which we're not, but I've just made that up. And I think it's so funny that you have family that knows some of my family, and we figured that all out while we were standing in Chicago, which is not a place you and I have ever lived. So we're just meant to be friends, I guess, is yeah. the bottom line. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Soul sisters. I was so excited to talk to you about this topic because I remember recently going on your website and I was flipping through your portfolio, which is really impressive. And one project in particular, the Bergen, I think it was Bergen County project, I noticed some really kind of innovative choices. And it reminded me that I need to sometimes step it up a little, not go to my same suppliers, not rely on the thing that worked the last time. And that's how the topic came about. So would you describe what I'm talking about as innovating or would you describe it as thinking outside of the box? What would you say is the recipe for your success? Yeah, I definitely think it's thinking outside the box. Um, I never had a box because I came to this business in a different, uh, on a different path than a lot of people. I was a set designer for many years for um, music videos and commercials, and it was there was no rules, there was no um, you know specific theories. It was what can be done right now. What can you get today, and how amazingly fabulous can you make it look by tomorrow in any city in North America? And it was a really amazing training ground for just letting my mind open, accessing that part that says, okay, if I could do it, what would I do? And this project really went back to that because this particular client... um, but she had a certain social status with her. She was a young, they were a very young family. And she wanted to create this world in New Jersey, in her house in New Jersey, that was different from all of her friends. So she did not want her friends to walk into this house and know where anything came from. So every single piece in this house was custom. The chairs, the tables, the lighting, the carpets, Everything. The only thing that the chandeliers, the only thing that wasn't custom was um, the accessories. Yeah. Well, a lot of people are listening right now and going, oh my gosh, I think I would have a heart attack if somebody asked me that because we get in the habit of going back to suppliers and retailers and manufacturers that we have a great relationship with with. And most clients ask for something they saw on your website that you've already done. So this is completely different. And right away, I think, did you have a moment of panic when she said that? Or do you think because of your background, you were prepared for that? Absolutely no panic. Totally prepared. And I was prepared because, again, I didn't come from the usual place. Um, And I... I remember I was taking when I when I decided to get out of set design or to move over um, to interior design. I went back to school to FIT in New York, and I was sitting in a class, and they were telling us, and I'll say the kids. I was in my thirties, but there were lots of kids around me about the D and D building in New York, and that's where you go and you get fabric and you go to Kravit and you go to uh, Robert Allen, and I had never ever been to the D&D building, and I had done, you know, 10 years of set design in New York City and never heard of this building. And I raised my hand and I said, wait, is that, 
are you telling them that that's the only place to get fabric? And she just looked at me. She said, yes. And I said, well, I need to say that that is absolutely untrue, that I've been going to the fabric district and going to warehouses in Staten Island and going up to the Bronx and getting fabric all over this amazing city, and I never once walked into the D&D building. And I, I couldn't believe it. It's like they were really training all these new designers to be like these formulaic creators. You do the CAD, you go to Kravit, you put it on a pillow, and that's the design. And I was just coming from it from a totally different place. I was like, no way. It's more than that. It's bigger than that. Not to say I don't use Kravit. I absolutely love Kravit. Not to say I don't use the D&D. Of course I do. It's got amazing product. But there's so much more out there. And yes, I live in New York City, so I have access to all these artisans from all over the five boroughs and Westchester and the Hamptons, and there's so many artists out there who are, who are dying to get their art into some kind of space, get their art into a sort of a three-dimensional world, and they're really willing, you know, to sit down and work with you. Um, and it's exciting to me. It's so exciting. And, like, in this particular project, we shoot... We did want to do a live edge table, so I thought, okay, I'll go to a mill that does live edge tables. We found one. They ordered it. It was in Mexico. We waited four months. It came, and it was split right down the middle, and it was, it was terrible. And, of course, the clients, you know, I had to manage the client, and, oh, no, what do we do now? She doesn't like it. I had to think quickly, and I found this company in New Jersey that does all um, cement form work. And I had heard about them because a set designer had worked with them on Johnny Depp's island in the Caribbean. And she said, actually, <laughs> they're in New Jersey. I'm like, really? Okay. So I, Wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, so Johnny car, Depp's we, island in the Caribbean is actually all from New Jersey. <laughs> yes. So okay, the company awesome. from New Jersey did that project. So I jumped in the car. I went there. I told them my situation. We want to do some kind of live edge. We ended up going to a forest, finding the tree, slicing the tree. They made the mold. This particular client was, she likes sparkle. Like, she was the kind of person who bedazzled her clothes. <laughs> so I know she likes, like, sparkle and jewelry. So what we did is we created fake cracks in this table. We filled them with acrylic, and I got cubic zirconium from Alibaba in China, and we, you know, sprinkled the cubic zirconium into these acrylic cracks, and now the table, and then we put beautiful chrome bows on the ends of the cracks, and now that table looked like it was found in an icy forest. It looked absolutely like ice. Sparkling ice so was in the So cool. Crust. I love it. And she's just beyond yeah, thrilled because it really is one of a kind. I mean, so often people say one, of a, one of a kind, but it's not at all one of a kind, but this is. Yes, absolutely. And she, you know, loved it. And not only that is that I think that what I try and do with my clients is really involve them in the creative process. So many times they're like, I'm not creative. I don't really know what to do. And I'm like, that is absolutely untrue. If I present to you, do you like this blue or do you like this red, you're going to look at those things and say, I like the blue. Well, that's a creative decision. So don't say that it's not in there. It is in there. And I need, like my feeling is as a designer, especially where I'm coming from, is I want to open up my clients to the possibilities. I want to open up their world to the creativity. Of course, I want it to be authentic to them. So I don't want to just create some theme park for them and, you know, push out like this nutty idea and it doesn't work and it's not what they want and it's really expensive. Like that's not what I want to do at all. It has to still at the end of the day represent who they are and, you know, how they want to feel when they walk into their space. So, you know, it is a process, but when you get the right clients, you know, 
they they go with it. And I think because the clients, I you know, I have a big referral business, and they know my background, and you know, they know that I'm a set designer, and that's why they hire me. They're not hiring me because I'm you know this Chanel Gucci Prada Upper East Side designer because that's completely not me. Right. I come to it from a different place and I think they love it. And when they get their, like if we design a carpet and it's exactly, you know, the patterns and the motifs that they love and the colors that they love, they, they are part of that process. They now walk into their living room and it doesn't, they don't necessarily think, look what Shauna did. They're like, look what I did. Right. You know, because they were part of the project and they picked it and it makes it even better for them. Right. And it's, and it is it is a business model. It is a business model choice, isn't it? I know you go on some websites, and this is not a criticism, but the, for the designers, every project looks the same. And I think, in a way, it's a bit yeah. like being a victim of your own success. You know, like Steven Spielberg did a particular movie, and then everybody wanted him to do those movies, and so he got criticized for doing the same "quote unquote" movie over and over again. But it's because he did it so damn well. So there's that road, and some clients feel more comfortable with. That because they know exactly what they're going to get. And what I heard you say is that the clients who find you realize that you are an authentic version that's not a cookie cutter, um, one size fits all solution. So they're, they're taking a bit of a risk by going with you, but there's something about you that attracts them. And so you're not hiding that you're, you're, you're putting that right out front. If you want to work with me, you're going to get something that's a little bit outside of the box. Yeah, and I think that you know, I don't, I don't think these rooms are um, crazy. I think there's some really beautiful elements that are that make a, make them unique. Um, but you know, I I had an experience where I had uh, met a woman that uh, had just finished designing her house, like as socially, and she wanted me to see you know the new design of her house, which I was happy to do in a very affluent neighborhood in New Jersey. And I walked into the house and she kept going on and on about the celebrity designer that did the house, who I actually had no idea who she was talking about because it was somebody on HGTV and I don't watch HTV too much. So I didn't know who she was talking about. And all I know is that I stood in the foyer and I was like, ugh so boring. It was the gray wash floors, the gray um, walls, the white trim. Every And I could just stand in the foyer, look at the living room, look at the dining room, look up the stairs, and I knew every single place where she bought every piece of furniture. And I thought, oh my God, she just called this in from her bed on her laptop in two hours. Right. Like it was, it, there was nothing unique or interesting about this place. But now, that client was still happy. She was excited that a, that a celebrity did her house. You know, I guess it hit a certain price point, you know, that I knew sort of the price point of all these pieces. And, you know, it's not like she was unhappy. But to me, I thought, you know, if she was a very creative person in and of herself, and if she worked with a designer who pushed her a little bit, that house could have been, you know, an absolute showstopper. Right. Showstopper. And it wouldn't have taken much, but it was just a little bit. Let's, you know, take this one accent wall and lacquer it, you know, antique gold. Like, and it would have been this amazing show-stopping piece that would look like a monolithic piece of jewelry. Yeah. It would but have been incredible. It's, it's but, kind you know, of like the difference white, between it was, it's kind of like the difference between people who like to go to Starbucks and people who like to find that one of coffee shop that's a joint, right? It, it's in a way, yeah. right? So, and that's cool. Everybody gets to pick what they want. And quite frankly, if I'm in a town where I don't know what's going on, I look for Starbucks because I know the bathrooms are going to be clean. But. Um, but if I given a choice, I would go to that funky coffee shop, you know, on a side street that I know nothing about. Um, you know, so I guess the point is it could be it it's up to the client to decide what they want, but but what I know I want to take away from this personally for my own business is don't phone it in. Look for ways to do something innovative, different. 
um, I, I would die if I, the clients thought I phoned it in from my bed in two hours. So that to me would be the ultimate fail, right? So what other kinds yeah. of, um, cause you mentioned, you, you mentioned the fabric. So you didn't go to the regular resource that everybody went to initially. You had these off the beaten path, um, suppliers. What other type of industry suppliers have you stumbled into and, and who can we reach out to? Well, um, this, well, again, for this particular client, she wanted to, she had shown me uh, these Moroccan, I don't know how to explain it, these Moroccan bedposts that she liked. And this was a very big, large master bedroom with a very high uh, tray ceiling. And she's like, I really want to do bedposts. The ones she showed me were so dark, heavy, masculine. And I was like, okay, let me just take this idea away. So I was you know, at home, at night, this is after office hours, and I'm sitting at my desk in my office looking at these bedposts, and I'm like, yuck, what am I going to do? How am I going to get that idea transferred to something amazing? And I looked at the shape, and, and, you know, and I saw that there was some kind of, you know, Moroccan motif in the shape. So I just started to sketch a few things, and what I came up with was, you know, these shapes, these wood-turned kind of dowelly shapes. And I thought this would look really amazing as freestanding posts, like not even attached to the bed or anything. And what would be really beautiful with a client who likes sparkle is in between the turned wood, we could get unique blown glass pieces. And I've, like, I just loved it. I'm like, okay, so how do I do that? And I'm like, okay, I need a frame. I need the wood turned. I need the glass balls. And then I started to go to my people. To I found um, a guy in Queens that could, you know, turn 500 pieces <laughs> of small wood <laughs> into these dowels. I had him spray paint them automotive Cadillac pearl white. I found a glass blower in Red Hook, Brooklyn, and I gave him kind of the colors. I want opals, I want golds, I want silvers, I want clear, and these are about the sizes I need. And we worked, and he blew 100 glass balls. And then we built these frames, and like one piece by one piece, like sewing, we strung the the wood dowels on the and the balls, and they transported them and drilled these pieces into the floor, and they're magnificent. They're so beautiful, and they're portable. If she ever leaves this house, I showed her a way where you could take these four corner pieces, and you could turn them into a room divider. Oh, my gosh, they, They have a place in Manhattan and in New Jersey, and I feel like they're more Manhattan people. So they might leave this house in New Jersey, and I said, you could absolutely take these. You could use them in a foyer. You could use them as a room divider. You know, so there, of course, was an expense to make this kind of unique custom piece. Right. But to her, this is something that she could have forever. Right. They're absolutely portable. The thing that um, surprised you know, so me about like, them is the thing that surprised me about them is that they're freestanding. That I was kind of like, are those freestanding? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And for sure, that probably was a splurge by the time she finished. But it doesn't mean you have to splurge everywhere, right? I mean, you're going to pick. A few places where you're going to make a big impression. And the point is that pretty much every room should have something that you're excited and eager to talk about with your client. And in turn, she'll be excited to talk about it with her friends. Yes, absolutely. And again, they take it on as their decisions and their creativity because they feel that they've directed you or they've given you permission to do this project. And of course, they take that on as their choice and look what we like look what I've done with my home and that's totally fine that's what I want them to do I want them to feel that they were part of this creative process and it's exciting you know what what we're really doing like we're creating three-dimensional art art that you experience with all of your senses that you walk into that you touch it's an amazing place to be and I I had a moment where I, I did a house in the Hamptons and I built for, 
for kind of a, a bachelor. And he wanted this completely tricked out shower. So we did the shower and, you know, it was the the rocks on the floor and mother of pearl on the walls and steam and 14 jets and the whole nine yards. And then when I went to photograph the house, uh, you know, I said, can I get permission to photograph it? It'll just be me, my assistant and the photographer. He said, absolutely. I'm, I'm away. Feel free to use the house. You guys can stay over, use the pool, just no problem. Because who was he going to trust more in that house than me, who, like, placed every single thing? <laughs> so we did that. We did the shoot, and then we all went swimming after, and I used his bathroom after to shower in. <laughs> and it was the first time that I sort of experienced everything I imagined for him. I got to experience what that felt like. It was so profound to me because I was in the shower and I specifically put the window in a certain place. So in Amagansett, the sun comes down over the dunes and it hits a certain side of the house and the color is magnificent, this gold red color. And it hits the mother of pearl and the whole thing glows and the jets and the shower and the steam. And I experienced the whole thing as I imagined it in my head for him. And I thought, okay, this is so cool. That is this, like, very cool. And we're, yeah, by the like way, this, you're, like, we're not suggesting that you all shower in your quiet showers, by the way. <laughs> That's something no, you better no, get no. approval he on before you do it. absolutely gave me permission. <gasps> That's pretty Don't cool. Don't do it. But this is the whole thing. I knew, I knew it was an experience that you never get to do. Right. You never get to have it. Yeah. You never, you, you imagine what you want for your clients. Yeah. Because we're artists and we're creators. So you can imagine it. But then the moment I actually got to experience it, and it all worked, I was right. The, the window and the light and, the, and the, feel, the sort of the sensual feeling of the um, river rocks on my feet, like I got to experience the whole thing. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is a part of, you know, maybe form equals function, where the creativity really, really enhances the function. Anybody can take a shower in anywhere, but this for my client... I know every time he's in it is the experience that I wanted him to have. Wow. And it was, it was like profound. And that's sort of what I take now. I take that feeling to all the spaces. You know, I'm in them, and I just sort of go into a holodeck and imagine all the senses. What am I thinking is going to happen here? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? What does it feel like? What does it look like? And mm -hmm. what am I hearing? And that's where I start from. And so far, so good. That's so cool. Okay, talk to me a little bit more about artists. Now, if you're in such a rich community of artists, like it's, you know, like fish in a barrel kind of thing. Um, lots of people listening maybe don't have as many local artists to deal with. But, you know, what are the kinds of things you can go to an artist to help you do um, definitely lighting. Um, you can do amazing things. Most small cities even and towns have glass blowers. Those are people that I would really get to know because you could, even if you blew a glass vase for your client as a gift, even totally unique, totally for them, their colors or however you want to coordinate it. Glassblowers are my, one of my favorite artists to utilize. Um, welders who can weld um, fireplace surrounds and, or the fireplace guards and um, bedding, um, headboards and uh, furniture. You know, there are the cabinet makers that, that use details that you don't always see. And, and there is, I wanted to say there is, I am not all about, you know, blowing every budget. I do work in a high-low kind of modality. I think you need, you know, if a client and I find something that's amazing, that is definitely an investment piece, and they're sort of on the edge, I, you know, want them to have the piece. I think it'll look amazing, but, you know, I try and 
find the compromise in the room. Like, look, let's invest in this piece, and this is what I can do in other parts to make it not so crazy. So I had one client who we found an artist who does these amazing farm tables with all this inlay and detail, and it was just stunning. Um, It was a $10,000 table. It was way more than he was expecting to pay for a table, but he also fell in love with it. And I said, okay, let's do the table and we can do them with crate and barrel chairs. And what I can do is I can take these chairs and I can get a faux scenic artist that I work with in film and they can wabwa the bottom, like the legs of the chairs to match the table. And, you know, it like, so each chair will be, say $250 chair instead of, you know, what we pay for dining chairs, like 1200 like yeah, a lot sure. more than that. So he was thrilled with that. He got his amazing table. He didn't have to blow the blank on the chair. He loved the creativity of getting a scenic artist in there to match it. That was his little story. He told his friends when they came for cocktail parties, done. You know, it's so easy for me. Because I knew, you know, who to call, who could do it. Um, and I, you know, every time I see him and we talk about the table and we talk about the table, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, cool. and it was, it was, yeah. And so I don't want to give the impression that I'm all about, you know, you have to spend insane amounts of money. Actually, uh, in, in the dining room of Bergen County, I have this case piece that is um, hot yellow with uh, silver embossing on it. That is a piece I got made in Indonesia. I contacted the manufacturer directly. He worked with me um, with the design. That piece um, was also used. We used automotive paints um, for the yellow and for the silver and it came, um, that piece cost $1,500 and another 1500 to ship. So that was a $3,000 piece wholesale. Wow, yeah. I was in the house with um, another uh, general contractor who I know did woodworking, her guy. And this piece just delivered. And I said, oh, what do you think of the piece? He's like, oh, it's amazing. And I just curiosity. And the client was there. I said, um, we are thinking of possibly doing a matching piece to this. Do you think you could replicate this piece? And he said, oh, I think we can. I think we can. And I said, can you, you know, I won't hold you to it, but can you give me an idea of what it would cost to make this piece? And he said, you know, I really like you, Shauna. And, you know, for you guys, I would say I could do it for 14000 I'm like, awesome. Thanks so much. You know, we'll get in touch with you if you want. <laughs> yeah. And he left and I looked at my client and I said, do you see why I went to Indonesia? And so it doesn't always have to be, yes, I could have made much more money on the $14,000 piece, but she never would have gone for that. Yeah. So now I got my design, my creativity in a piece that she could afford or, you know, would agree yeah. to pay for. And it was fine. And when she saw that comparison, she appreciated sort of the extra effort that went into finding the perfect thing custom to her in the color she wanted, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think it always has to be crazy prices. We also do a lot of upholstery that is, uh, how do I say, inspired by much more expensive companies, you know, that clients in New York, really love Holly Hunt and that style. And it's, you know, one, it's a large scale for most New York apartments. And two, you know, not everybody can do a $20,000 sofa. So there's, you know, upholstery there that we can take that, you know, style of Holly Hunt and we can come up with a new design that replicates those lines and some of that detailing for, you know, a quarter of that price. Right. And they like it too. So I want, it has to be creativity in all directions. Yeah. I would say, 
I open don't, yourself up. I don't know very many designers who are solely driven by price. Um, most are really driven by wanting to provide their clients with an amazing solution that they can afford. And um, so I, you know, I completely get that when you can source something for less expensive, you should do that for sure. Yes. Yes. And I never, ever, ever have a problem doing that at all. Yeah. We freaking love the Holly Hunt stuff. It's amazing. And it's wonderful when you can actually buy something from them. Um, But not every budget will allow for that. So, um, you know, now that you brought up the inspiration word, we probably should have a little sideline conversation about that. Like, we know that people take inspiration from furniture. Um, but you do want to have integrity around that and make sure that, that you your design is removed far enough away from the original source that yes. it's uh, not plagiarism, absolutely. but it's inspiration. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You can't, you can't really replicate Holly Hunt um, as an upholsterer anyways, because there's too many incredible details in leather and hardware. Yeah. Like it's, very difficult so it's it truly is inspiration and um and then we kind of take it from there to to customize it to what the client needs yeah and you know put our own put our own twist on on the embellishments of pillows and etc on there yeah it's hard not to be inspired by some of these high-end designers who do such beautiful, beautiful work, but the reality is sometimes our clients can't afford it. So I'll usually try to use something that is original to one of those high-end suppliers. Um, and I'll try to educate my clients about why it's a worthwhile piece and why it's wonderful to keep somebody who's pushing the envelope in terms of research and design and development employed and in business and why it matters that we source locally sometimes and then source not locally other times as well, right? Always, always think about yeah, integrity absolutely. and making your clients happy with you know an authentic approach, which I think you do. I mean, I look at your website and I think every space feels like I can imagine the person who lives there and they must be really happy with that space. Now, I mean, you're talking about like all these amazing creative ideas just flowing continually. Have you ever had writer's block? Have you ever had creative block and um, what happens and what do you do and can you get through it? Yeah. So I have never experienced it until recently. Uh, really recently, like uh, just a few months ago. Um, the I have a personal situation that became very stressful. Um, I find the political situation in the States very stressful. And for some reason, that really became a perfect storm for me. Like I had never kind of experienced anxiety in that place. And then all of a sudden, I realized that I... I could not access my kind of creative wealth. And it was literally the most terrifying feeling I've ever felt because I really see life through that lens. It's, it's everything I have in my identity. And when you can't access that, it's, you, it's a, it feels like you're falling through the abyss. And it was very frightening and very scary, and I couldn't really allow myself to kind of go to the deep, dark parts of it because this is what I use to make a living, and making a living is very important to me. So what I did is I told my family um, that I needed some time by myself. My daughter went to sleepover camp for the first time, which was my God, what a concept. I love that concept. <laughs> and, um, you know, I told my husband, I'm, I'm going to take some time. And I went to Kripalu Yoga Retreat in the Berkshires uh, in Massachusetts. And I, you know, went down to the basics, you know, lying in a field, looking up at the sky, experiencing, like, the oneness with the universe. And I'm, like, you know, really boiling down, like, what is it? What is creativity? Where do I access it from? Um, How do I find it again? And what I came to is what I have that feels um, reliable is my five senses. And 
their heightened, you know, place in the world. So I started to study Ayurvedic medicine, and I started to do a ritual. And it's such a fast, easy ritual. And if I tell you that it got me out of this darkness, and it's a morning ritual where you awaken your five senses, where you um, you do your mouth, you know, you're brushing your teeth and um, you tongue scrape and you clean your mouth. And I also do oil pulling. I don't know if you know about that, but it sort of pulls all the toxins out. Then you spray your eyes and your face with rose water to wake up your eyes so you can see. You put oil in your nose and in your ears to wake up your hearing, wake up your sense of smell. And then I do um, just a quick meditation. Uh, it's from Kripalu. It's called BARFWA. It's a terrible an acronym, but it's breathe, relax, feel, witness, and accept. And I use my dog. My, it's walking the dog in the morning, and this is my meditation, and I try and do these things. I breathe. I relax. I feel the air around me. I look long distances. This is such an amazing practice for all of us who are on computers and over our drafting boards and, you know, really collapsing into ourselves and our vision gets very small. You take a walk and you look as far as you can see and you try and look at the leaf on the top of the tree as far as you can see. And you will feel something in your brain open up. It's like your, your eyes start to see again. I witness, here I am, I'm walking on my street, I'm feeling um, everything around me, I'm witnessing where I am today, where am I today, what am I feeling, who am I, and then I accept it. This is where I am today. You don't have to freak out about it, you don't have to wish there was more, you need to accept this is where I'm coming to the day, and then you go from there. And that practice, I, I can't tell you, it just completely got me back in touch with the essence of that creative well. Wow. And I knew that it was back because I got, you know, I had an old client who, um, this was the fourth project I worked on, and she said, you know, I'm ready to do some of the stuff we talked about five years ago. Can you come to my apartment uh, when you're back and we can talk about it? And I was nervous because, because I thought, oh, my God, what if I walk in and it didn't work? What if it's blank space again? What if I can't, didn't, what if it is all, you know, BS? <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> and I walked into her apartment, and it was like, it was back, I call it in the holodeck, where you're standing in the middle of the room, and you, the whole room becomes clear to you. It wow. becomes, you know, like you mm-hmm. see the shelves, you see the, the sofa, you know what color, you feel the accents, you, you know what you're going to, like it was like ding, 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 ding. And I was like, like took a breath. I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Gratitude, <laughs> the gratitude, right? The gratitude. Gratitude, and the, 100%. the fact is, it, you know, for some people listening, I'm from California, so I'm like right there. I'm like, oh, this sounds amazing to me. But for some people, they're going to go, okay, this is kind of hooey. I, I think the point is that you sometimes have to remove yourself and get back to some basics yeah. and care for your soul in whatever way you care for your soul and get back to a place of accepting where you are. And then you'll be able to find gratitude again. For me, when I when I can't find my gratitude, I'm in trouble. I'm I'm in big trouble. And so for you, it was kind of a big aha moment where you really needed to go off into the world and, and take a break. I think women particularly underestimate how often that can be helpful. And, you know, if you're listening and a Kripalu retreat does not sound good for you, maybe going for a horse ride does or a hike or getting in a boat whatever it is for you, the, the point is to make time to do that. And uh, I loved the um, acronym BARFRA. And we'll have notes about this on <laughs> businessofdesign.com for those of you who want to give it a try. And by the way, you know, give it a try. What, what do you have to lose? Give it a try. You might be shocked. You might find it opens something up for you, right? I've, I've discovered that in my life. If I just open my mind and try something else, it can, it can be interesting. Yeah, I just think that, you know, you um, and Business of Design are teaching all of us about 
the business. And, you know, you and I have talked, I'm, I'm always needing lessons and lessons and lessons on running a business and everything you do, I can't even begin. I appreciate it. But, you know, to me, it, it starts with who we are as creative people. That's what we're getting hired for. Mm -hmm. And if that creativity is not open, is not flowing, is not authentic, you, you have nothing to give. And you're going to give what I thought this other designer gave, which is paint your walls gray and paint your trim white. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Ew. Who wants that? <laughs> you know, go to Ethan Allen, Crate and Barrel, or, you know, all of the other stores that have free interior designers, and then they can give you that advice too. Right. But if you're hiring someone to take you to the next level, then what they're hiring you for is your creativity and, you know, your path and that you can combine those two things. You can provide them this beautiful, creative, relaxing, harmonious space that works, that mm -hmm. functions. Yeah. They can reach and grab the knife. They can pull the drawer and open and find their socks. They like everything works, but within the everything working and everything being functional, there is beauty. There is light. There is serenity. You know, my, um, I, I think those things matter. And there's not enough of any of those things in the world at the moment, beauty, light, and serenity. So we're wishing all of you listening that you have those elements in your life. I like to end the podcast with design intervention, and it's exactly what it sounds like, um, something that you think will be helpful to anybody listening, and it could be completely unrelated to the topic we just talked about, but, but something that you just feel compelled to share with everybody that you think will help them. Um, I really feel what has helped me, and it's actually definitely been through you and Dr. Gantz, is really finding your worth as an interior designer. That there is something that you provide that nobody else is providing. And that has value to it. And I also, too, sometimes get caught because, you know, the level of our clients are usually fairly high achievers of doctors and lawyers and hedge funds and yada, yada, yada. And I think, oh, well, I'm just picking the fabric and I'm just, you know, getting the couch. And, and I don't think that's true anymore. And that was from this, this podcast that I sort of walked out into the world in a different way and said, hey, what I do actually has incredible value. And I know it because my clients change when they walk into the room and my clients leave me messages on my voicemail just simply saying i love my home and then they hang up wow <laughs> that's like, that's what we all you know, want right that is what we all right. want so that's beautiful. what you want you want what i say to all of them at the consultation is what my goal is for you is that you walk into your door, you close your door, you look around and you completely exhale. And everything on the other side of that door doesn't mean anything to you. You are in your space and you are now breathing the way you need to breathe. And I would say that's what I want for everybody listening, that you feel that same kind of like, ah, I'm safe within your own business practice. Because too many times when I started out, I felt terrified within the, the very business that I developed. So that's what all of this is for, so that we all can feel like, okay, this feels like I have everything I need, I'm supported, it functions well, and I can thrive in this environment. And thank you, Shauna, so much for, for giving us a lot to think about. And, and maybe, um, in my case, um, just a little push to step it up just a little bit more. Never lay back on what you did in the past, but maybe push a little bit harder to do something that's unique for every single client. So thank you for that. I appreciate that wisdom. My pleasure. And we got to hang out. You come to LA or I'll come to New York. Doesn't matter, but I haven't seen your beautiful face for a while. I would absolutely love it. <laughs> we do have to do the ginger martinis wherever we are, whether right. we're in Venice or whether we're in Manhattan. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely right. Yes, we do those really well. 
<laughs> Take care, sweetie. Thank you so, so much. Thanks, Kim. At Business of Design, we know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, plus access to Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.